eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, David Davenport, and in the huddle today, we have also got James and Rob. James, how are you doing now that week four is, well, I'll say you're almost in the books. We've still got two games to go, but uh, we're most of the way there. Yeah, um, it's it's been a strange old season and it's only going to get wackier, I think. I mean... That joke that keeps going around saying that in terms of 2020, we're into the fourth quarter. So I hope we're playing the Falcons. That <laughs> joke's done the rounds everywhere, but I thought it's worth a mention because it is just very good. Yeah, it's it's been one of those years, like you say, and I think we've been lucky so far to get away with as little COVID impact as we've had in the NFL. Obviously, the the Titans and the Steelers game been postponed to week seven and the Patriots and the Chiefs game has been postponed till this evening, which has pushed back the Packers and the Falcons game a little bit. So we've got a, well, it's not quite a double header because uh, they did they do overlap slightly, but we've got one of those week one double headers, which means that the Packers and the Falcons, which looks to be quite a good game on paper, will go well into the night. So I shall not be staying up for that one. I should be catching up on the highlights yeah. of both games in the morning because unfortunately I did stay up to watch the 49ers last night. Unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, pretty good. I've um, had my best fantasy week uh, so far. I believe I am nine and three as things stand with, I think, eight of them already done and dusted. So, um, yeah, been a really, really good week. Uh, however, one of those ones that I could potentially be losing is an absolutely... It, well, I've been tweeting about it today, so you've probably seen it. I have got on that team, this is my home league where I'm zero and three, and the one that I notoriously start bad at every year. I've got Odell Beckham, I've got Joe Mixon, I've got Lamar Jackson, I had Rojo, I had Mike Davis start this week, I'm an 0 4 this week. I faced Dak, I faced Amari, I faced George Kittle. It's just been crazy. I am. I'm the second highest scorer in the league by about 40 points. And I lost. I can't. It's just my luck in that league. That that sums it up right there. I'm 0-4, but this is the luck that I get in this league. It is just baffling. And I'm just done with it. I'm not doing it next year. This is it. Last year, done. <laughs> uh, sounds a lot like my home league. The guy I'm playing against this week is that guy that scores scores all the points, but his points against every single season is a good 20 to 30 per game higher than everybody else's. It's just, it's just bizarre. And I need Mason Crosby to score less than 10 points tonight to um, to prevent going from 0-4 in my home league as well. So I keep on saying to, I keep on saying to my mates and I keep on saying like, I'm going Owen. I'm sorry. I'm going four and zero in like three leagues. Like I, I, I do sometimes know what I'm doing. There. It's fantasy lot. Please, even though I'm going zero and four in this one, please know that. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. I am better than that record shows me. But um, I've yeah. got an interesting one brewing in the fishbowl. Um, Thirteen down. Well, twelve and a half behind. Uh, and I need that difference to be made up by Patrick Mahomes outscoring Marquez Valdez Scantling, which with Devontae Adams out. Mm. 
is an interesting proposition. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah. Uh, I've got a bit on tonight. <laughs> yeah, fire up uh, Mark Woods, Valdez-Scantling, if you've got this, because, yeah, Devontae Adams is not going. And apparently he sent out a very passive-aggressive tweet this afternoon, which I didn't manage to see. Um, but one of my one of my mates put into our group chat very cryptically because the Devonte Adams owner in our league has not seen that Adams is out, so he's still in the lineup. So he very crypt, crypt, cryptically said uh, that was a very passive aggressive tweet. But apparently Devonte Adams has now deleted said tweet. So if anyone did see that tweet, has anyone got a record of it? Please send it over to us at FTMY Fantasy. I, I did read it, and it was along the lines of. Um, I'm not going to be playing this evening. Even, you know, apparently other people know my body better than I know it myself. So he was Ooh. sort of saying that he felt he was okay to go, but the trainers said no, and they they've told him not to play. Something well, think, that's yeah. how that's the between the lines version. I think because they've got the bye next week, uh, the, the trainers have said, look, I think they'd planned originally for him to miss this week and then obviously have next week as recovery as well. So um, clearly they've um, stuck to the ground on that one and he isn't too happy about it. But that is tonight. We have got plenty of week four action for us to review and we will start as ever with the injuries. And as 2020 is going, of course, there were multiple so most notably for fantasy was Austin Eckler. He, well, it was an incredible trying to keep his balance, just get gain those extra few yards on the play that he went down on. But it was a hamstring injury and he was seen, he left the game immediately and he was seen walking around in a boot afterwards with crutches. And he is set to be out for quite a few weeks. We've not seen the, the true extent of it yet, but um, yeah, it looks pretty bad. And he is set to miss quite a bit of time. I'm not overly thrilled with Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly there. So I'm not rushing to pick them up on waivers. Josh Kelly will already be owned in your league. And I know that some people will be going out to pick up Justin Jackson, but they are just different backs to Austin Eckler. So it'll be an interesting one to see how that plays out, especially with Anthony Lynn not filling his rookie quarterback with any confidence. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end OJ Howard has suffered a season-ending Achilles injury. He is the third tight end that I have had in our auction league go on Yay. IR. It is a two tight end league and I have lost three to season ending IR, which just sums up my luck there. Um, also in that game, a LaShawn McCoy was, um, was ruled out with an ankle injury in that one. Over in uh, Dallas, Nick Chubb was ruled out with a, a knee injury. He has suffered an MCL sprain and he will likely miss six weeks of the season, which is massive news for Kareem Hunt owners. We had this conversation multiple times before the season started and we always said that Kareem Hunt would be a top five running back in this league if Nick Chubb was to miss any time. And here we go. Of course, we've never, ever wished injury upon anyone, but it is time. Nick Chubb is out and Kareem Hunt is a must go. Uh, I'm just looking through the list now. Tyler Eifert suffered a concussion. Uh, he is just, is he the most injury-prone pr pr player in the league? Well, for a couple maybe, he's just one of them that's just not had any luck through, throughout his career. So he suffered a concussion there. Uh, but apart from that, there's a few defensive ones, but yeah, they were the, they were your top ones. So just a couple of big running back ones there, a couple of tight ends. And no wide receivers seemingly got too injured on. Sunday, which is rare because we've been seeing hamstrings go left, right, and center. So 
luckily, hopefully we can get through unscathed, but keep an eye out for the injury report because that will keep up anything going into week five. So that is the injury update and we'll now head straight into our fantasy MVPs for the week. James, we'll go with you first. For week four, who was your fantasy MVP? <laughs> there was, well, to put this right, there's quite a few contenders, but I want to, I would just want to talk about George Kittle, to be honest. 15 catches on 15 targets. So if you have it in PPR, congratulations. <laughs> 184 and a touch as well. I mean, that, that I, I still can't believe his and Jarek McKinnon's stats and they lost. I mean, it was a bit of a strange one, but, you know, some I've seen some leagues where he scored over 40 points. Um, so anyone with a tight end premium, just, it was just incredible. Um, fantasy wise, it's, you know, obviously, Shane, for you, the outcome wasn't different overall. But um, yeah, just 15 for 15. That, 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 that's the start. That's, that's, that was the bit that blew me away. <laughs> Yeah, and I said before the game, I said, like, Eagles linebackers, just a non-existent bunch of people. Like, George Kittle has got the opportunity to go here. And even with Nick Mullins not looking great last night, George Kittle was able to feast. And uh, similar to Christian McCaffrey, uh, both games that George Kittle has played for the 49ers this season, they've lost. And they've scored 20 20 points in each of those two games. So, um, yeah, someone with Christian McCaffrey. To the two games that he's played, the Panthers lost, and the two games without him, they've won. So funny how uh, things can go like that when both both sides have got the best players. But yeah, it was it was cracking performance from Kittle last night, and he is currently the tight end six in PPR leagues, despite only playing two oh, games. Sense. Yeah, sorry, James, you've you've got me started on George Kittle. I've completely railroaded you. And, 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 and you had either it'd either be hitting a nerve or hitting the sweet spot, and clearly it was the latter, but. No, it was it's it's I think I think there's a lot of people who sort of, you know UK based who went to bed on Sunday night thinking I need a bit of a miracle basically and they had basically Kittle as their final hope and the miracle happened. I mean that's what happened to the other half. Went went into the went went to bed about thirty behind and woke up twelve ahead. Yeah, and he, he had a great game in uh, standard scoring leagues, but just those 15 receptions for your for your half point and your PPR leagues as well. That is that's league winning kind of stuff there from George Kittle. I can't wait to watch him for the rest of the season. Whoever is throwing him the ball, Rob, who have you got as your mm. MVP for the weekend? George I'm gonna go. Sounds of it. Yeah, no, uh, no, 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 none of them are in my matchup. Not even on my team. No, there, there was quite a few standout ones, and I'm sure there's the obvious ones. I'm gonna go slightly deeper uh i'm gonna say dj chark um he's my fantasy mvp just because i i hadn't ranked him very highly uh, obviously he was injured last week and uh, he was limited in practice wasn't sure if he was going to play this week um i looked at my rankings i had him ranked my wide receiver 36 on the week um nah <laughs> he finished up uh wide receiver Six or seven. Um, I, I can't. The ESPN website is terrible for statistics. Um, but nonetheless, he went for eight receptions, ninety-five yards, and two touchdowns on the week. So take a bow, DJ Shark, twenty-five fantasy points. Uh, lovely job for those who started him. 
and ignored me and ignored ignored my uh, my, my my rankings. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I was I was in that boat of do I start him considering mm. he's you know been banged up all week and it, the all exactly. the out from the injury reports where we're gonna let him have a go or we're gonna yeah. you know it was very much a reluctantly we need we need effectively that offense needs him if without mm. Chark that offense is nothing and Minshew doesn't Minshew. But, yeah. In having Chark, that offense can be something. So they're very much that that tandem is quite something in Jacksonville. It's yep. um, unfortunate that the defense isn't what it once was. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, it, I mean it's a fairly good matchup against Cincinnati. Um, it, I, and I don't know why I was so on him. I think uh, Dave, no, not Dave, Andy Moore, not Dave Moore. There's so many Moors in fantasy <laughs> ten, in, in the full ten yards uh, staff. Um, Andy Moore had him ranked um, sort of late teens, I believe. Me and Dave Moore uh, had him ranked low th- like mid thirties. So his average for um, the, the consensus for the rankings of the weekend was quite quite low. Um, and I actually saw that I had, uh, is it Justin Watson from Tampa Bay? I had him uh, one place above DJ Jark. So that failed miserably uh, on my part. But again, if I'd have known that DJ Chark was 100% a go, then it'd have been a bit of a different story. Turns out he was, had a fantastic week. Yeah, and that's the thing with, with injuries going into a game. I, I always want to see that one game where they, they produce because there's nothing worse than putting somebody who should be producing well that is still carrying that injury, being used as a decoy, yeah. and just scoring you know, fantasy points when you've got people on your bench. So and the I, first I, week I, back from injury, it's always difficult. I wonder how many people got scared off Joe Mixon. Because he came oh, up. Oh, spoiler alert! <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I tried to do the setup with the Jags defense, thinking that that was where you were going, and was just sorry. I've ruined everything. It's the same game, and it is me next. And if we cast our minds back to late last week, I said that this would be the get-right game for Joe Mixon. You did. You did. I was going to put him in my trading for article this yeah week. yeah i i was <laughs> i i mentioned it on the podcast prove it, it. it is <laughs> if you um, if you go back to last week's podcast it is there i didn't think he'd quite go off the way that he did he had 25 carries for 151 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground and then six receptions for 30 yards and a touch through the air and he just looked like the Joe Mixon that people drafted him as, the Joe Mixon that we've needed, that Joe Burrow certainly needed. And it was just refreshing for the Cincinnati Bengals just to be able to be multidimensional and not have to rely on Joe Burrow throwing the ball 61 times a game. It was great for him to, to see that. And obviously the game script was an influence in this one. He, he has had the volume, but it's, it's, it's just not been positive game scripts for them. It, it's not gone well. So now they've been able to... to show off a little bit more. They've been able to utilise themselves a little bit better. And what was interesting was Joe Bernard's usage throughout this game as well. So he has had, in the opening three games, he has had five, seven and three targets. But in this one against the Jags, he had zero targets compared to Mixon's six, which is a very interesting one considering uh, that Gio Bernard is, is tendency as a, as a third down back. Uh, and Joe Mixon was actually on the injury report on Saturday. He flagged up very late with a chest injury. So um, some fantasy owners were very cautious about playing him, um, like I said, because he, he flagged up on the injury and he's, he's not done well all season. But he managed to smash, he over, over doubled his, his fantasy points for the, for the season in that one game. So, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted with Joe Mixon. I'm not going to say it's going to be every week. He's got a 
tough couple of matchups coming up. He's at Baltimore and at Indianapolis in the next two weeks, which I'm not liking for him. Uh, but then he does have uh, Cleveland and Tennessee at home in the two after that. So it will be up and down with Joe Mixon. It will be rough with the smooth and the playoffs. Pittsburgh in, in the week 15, not great. But uh, a, a matchup against the Houston Texans, who are just shipping points to fantasy running backs at the moment to, to finish off his season looks okay so you're going to have to take the rough with the smooth Joe Burrow is still a rookie that's had no preseason. that offense is not right it's not fixed it's going to take some time so temper expectations but for this week Joe Mixon you are my fantasy MVP James who is your honorable mention um honorable mention I'm going to say I'm going down the order a little bit here and my honorable mention is going to be Antonio Gibson because, you know, even though uh, Washington lost to Baltimore, he had a good game at last. It's kind of, we've been waiting for sort of a slightly higher performance. He has had a touchdown in each of the last three games, including this one, but four receptions for 82 yards on top of 13 attempts for 46 yards and a touchdown. Although, to be honest, he gets my honorable mention just for the Mighty Ducks jersey you wore in the post-game press conference. <laughs> yeah. That's enough for him to get a mention in my books. Yeah, it was uh, it was impressive. And he he's getting the goal line work. He's getting everything. He looks, he looks legit. And I think there was so much confusion about that backfield. And obviously, with the, all the rumours that are going around with Dwayne Haskins at the moment, they need just a constant in that team just to just try and help carry them forwards. And literally, and I think I think he'll do well there. Rob, how about you? Who's your honourable mention? Um, I am going to go for the quarterback three on the week. Anyone want to guess who that is? Teddy. I have nope. actually. Oh, I've got it for Teddy. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Well, the league I'm on in, in ESPN, so it's, it's, it's very unique. Uh, but certainly the league I'm in, it's it's Justin Herbert. Um, and he had a fantastic week, 23 fantasy points in the league that I am currently looking at. And yeah, this is the 290 yards he threw for this this week. Um, it was 311 and 330 the weeks before, but he had the touchdowns this week, three touchdowns. Um, pretty seamless. One interception, no fumbles. Um, I think he looks good. I think he looks a lot better than Tyra Taylor. Um and I really think if Anthony Lynn goes back to Tyrod, there's going to be hell to pay for all six fans of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, no, Lee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, not sorry, Lee. Lee. <laughs> and the other five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, Justin Herbert looks the real deal. He looks really good and he is getting fantasy points. Um, so he's still available on waivers. We'll touch on this later. Um, but yeah, fantastic week from him. Um, and the rookie is looking brilliant. Now, Rob, I would tend to agree with you. But... Mm. Who on earth are the three people that he threw touchdowns to? And when Keenan Allen's like getting all the targets, but who did he throw the touchdowns to? I couldn't tell you even now. Um, I know one. I know one of them because one of them was against me in the loser league. Um, <laughs> I know two of them for definite, which is Guyton. That's it. And Guyton. Donald Parham, and I remember Donald Parham because in the off season when the XFL was a thing. Donald Parham was tearing it up for the Dallas Renegades. And I remember yeah, this thing saying in we did we did an episode on the um full ten yards like the full podcast. We talked about which XFL players when it defunct could potentially make it into the NFL. And I picked Parham saying that 
he's in a position where he has a chance to be able to make it on a roster and then potentially do something. And my happiness when he got the touchdown, I was like, <laughs> I can bring this back up. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. This months ago. So yeah, uh, do you know what? Now you've said that, I I reckon I do know that. I did know that, and I I, I didn't obviously know that, but I recognised his name. I knew he was in the XFL. Now he you had know he, he had one catch for eighteen yards, but it was a touchdown grab, and that's his first <laughs> catch of his NFL career. I believe. Fantastic. I believe he had one in his previous tenure. I think he was always a practice squad member. Correct me if I'm wrong, people. But um, yeah, he's he's. Basically, his first one since the XFL was a touchdown grab 18 yards, got him about, you know, seven, eight fantasy points and found himself in my article that's going to be released later. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, so Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson and Donald Parham Jr. Tyron Johnson was the big one, wasn't it? Like early doors, like... Uh, well, that, that was 50, 53 yards. Uh, Jay yeah. Guyton was 72 yeah. yards. So, oh, really? Right, yeah. I think so we, between... two, two in a row where he's had one catch, but it was a long touchdown reception <laughs> to the point where it's like, do you just play him? Because you know that once per game, Herbert's going yeah. to chuck it to him. And if he if he catches it, you'll get in eight points. So between them, they had three targets, three receptions, 144 receiving yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> Fantastic. That's one hell of a stat line. Fantastic. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, poor, well, I say poor old Keelan Allen. He got 12 targets, eight receptions, 62 yards. So a decent day again for Keenan Allen, especially in those PPR leagues. But yeah, touchdown. He was, um, he was not getting one, unfortunately. And James, you've stolen my George Kittle pick. He was my honourable mention, not my MVP. Um, and you say it was like a, uh, whether it was a hitting a soft a sore spot or a uh, soft spot before. And yeah, I, I had him as my honourable mention because I'm still annoyed that the 49ers lost. So however good his, <laughs> however good his performance was, I'm still annoyed that they lost. So he is my honourable mention for the week. Um, however, I'm going to have to think on the spot now. And I'm going to go for somebody who, well, he's quarterback five on the week quarterback three on the year and he just looks so good he has been amazing weeks one through four and that is josh allen and he has got stefan Diggs now he's got his nice shiny new toy and they they've, they've hit the chemistry straight away they look great they've, he's got the rushing upside with him as well and he's passing for more yards than he's ever done before the week that's just gone he passed for 288 yards and if that had been in week one that would have been the most yards he'd ever thrown for in his career. However, it was his lowest total of the year so far, which just shows how he's been able to, to come on as a passer, especially with like Zach Moss uh, not being up to it and Devin Singletree. Yeah, it wasn't a great game for him again in the, the lack of lack of Zach Moss. It only had 18 carries for 55 yards, although he did get a carry inside the five-yard line that went for a touchdown. So big shout out to you, Devin Singletree, for uh, being able to do that for the first time in your career. But yeah, Josh Allen, um, honourable mention for not only this week, but the year in total. Although his rushing stat line was hilarious for this week. He had three carries for minus one yards and a touchdown. So I like it when we should get little things like that. But now we flip and we look at the busts of the week. Who have you got, James? Um, I was... Well, I was tempted to talk about AJ Green, but I don't think he can count as a bust nowadays because it doesn't exactly come as a surprise. But <laughs> it's just the amount of targets he's getting and just the fact that he's not producing. It's not that he's not getting the work. It's just that he's not delivering. 
Um, but as I see that as somewhat of a cop-out, I'm just desperately trying to think who was going to be my best. Because I feel like there's a queue of people wanting to talk about Kenyon Drake. <laughs> and since I'm first, I might as well do it. Um, so I was just trying to get a stat line up and stall. That was what it was. 3.5 fantasy points. <sighs> it, 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 Rob said it all along in the preseason that there were red flags everywhere. And I'm still in shock at just how bad it's been, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, he had 13 attempts in this game against the Panthers, managed 35 yards and didn't get a single reception. And at the end of the game, when they were chasing it, it was Chase Edmonds that got the touchdown. So he's not even getting the goal line work. He's not making the most, two, you know, 2.7 yards a carry is not good. And uh, yeah, there's, you know, I would say he's almost a trade away while you can, and but his value is so low. We had this, you know, problem last week, I think, with Mixon, and then Mixon took off. So, um, you know, owners of Drake are going to have to be hoping that he does that kind of bounce back next week. But it's just hard to see it with the way that offense is run by by Kyler Murray. To be honest, Murray does a lot of the work himself, and uh, well, a fully fit Hopkins. You know, this week was a bit of an off week, but you know, we were still wondering whether he was going to play. Uh, yeah, it's looking a bit dicey. Does not help when he's throwing touchdowns to Chase Edmonds either. Kirk Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Yeah, Chase Edmonds at the backfield. It does not help. Uh, Rob, I, I take it you're in agreement on that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I told. Do you know what? Right. I, I, I know we have to stay humble and I know we have to not sort of big ourselves up too much. But when you're a little guy in, well, not physically because I'm huge, but <laughs> when you're a little guy in the fantasy world, you have to take the victories. Now, I wrote a bust article a few months ago and I love it so far because Kenyon Drake's on there, T.Y. Hilton's on there. Uh, you know, there's... I Sorry, who, who, who was the second one on there? Eugene. Thank Eugene! You. <laughs> Let's keep Pinky on side. <laughs> that was, isn't Grandma's name, by the way. Pinky. Yeah. Now, that, that article, you, Pink, you, you are you kidding me? <laughs> Why hasn't this been brought up before? Anyway. Love you, but Pinky. That, <laughs> oh, dear. Now, but it was, you say you, you pointed out that article last week on the Twitter, and I was oh. there thinking, yeah, you got some back of shame. Come on, it's only three weeks. I was about to comment back and say, well, it's four <laughs> now, and it got worse. I know. And like I said, I, I do try and humble. But when, when like I said, when, when you're not, you know, we're not as big as, we're never going to be as big as like the people like the fantasy footballers and the people on fantasy pros. But we have to take the small victories. And I'm, I'm very proud of my calls so far. Just don't ask me about my other calls because they're all terrible. <laughs> All right, my, my 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 best call of the season got injured. It was Dallas Goddard. <laughs> yeah, and talking about tight ends, I'll stick on that note. I am disgusted with the fantasy production of Mike Gesicki. And I know he's not a big flashy tight end. Well, not really, but he's kind of a top 10 guy, kind of high draft, kind of... Could have been a top ten. Uh, could have been a top five guy in the draft, and uh, you know I drafted him on the back of last year because he had a good end of the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everything looked good. He red zone target, plenty of yards. He has whiffed this year so far. Um, he had one good week, which I didn't start him. 
I started Dallas Goddard instead of him. Do you remember that week? That's the week that got Dallas Goddard whiffed. Thanks, James. Um, so I have not had a good good. <laughs> I've not had a good start with tight ends so far this year. Two fantasy points. I'm sorry. Uh, that is the reason that I've lost that big matchup this week um, because Mike Gesicki stunk the bed. So yeah, I could have picked two or three tight ends at this um, at this point, but I've gone for Mike Gesicki because I've got the most shares in him. David Davenport, on to you. Okay, and I'm gonna cheat a little bit, and I'm just gonna look at the Rams in general. Just the fantasy production out of there was abysmal. We had Jared Goff, 11.7 fantasy points. Robert Woods, 9.7. Tyler Higby, 5.1. Darrell Henderson, 4.8. They're the guys that we started this week. And they're the guys that have given us not the returns that we invested in them. And Cooper then, Cup did as a sleeper, though. I was, I was about to say, exactly. We had... <laughs> We had Malcolm Brown, he got 10.6 <laughs> points. Like, where, where's he come back from? Like, we 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 rushed to the waivers in week two to pick up Malcolm Brown because Cam Akers went out and he went off against Dallas. And yeah. we've all dropped him again because mm-hmm. he's looked great and taken to the role. And now, all of a sudden, Malcolm Brown's back and getting touches. What's going on there? Gerald Everett got the, the tight end reverse for a two-yard touchdown, but that was the only thing that he did. And then Cooper Cup, yeah, okay, he got... He got 17.7 fantasy points, but it was just on one big play, which, yeah, I, I know that's what fantasy is all about. And if you're playing people like Hollywood Brown, you, you need that one big play to, to go off for your fantasy production. But he was very close to not having a, a big day there. So the Rams in general, you have let mm. me down this week and I am not too happy with you, Sean McVay, in a game where we were tipping them to be 13 and a half point favorites against the the Giants. It was just a terrible game to watch. The most exciting thing about that was Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey. Just oh. them scrapping was the most enjoyable thing about that game, which has not been say, saying much. And this is a team that beat the Cowboys week one, uh, battered the Eagles week two, should have beaten the Bills in week three, but for a horrendous PI call. And then we were, we were tipping them to, to batter the Giants, but no, did not happen. So the Rams, you are my week four bust. In defence for Sean McVay, he did tell us that the running back position was going to be unpredictable this year. He did say he's going to ride a hot hand on the day. So, yeah, it was hard not to... You, you started Henderson. Henderson was a top... Um, he was a top 10 running back for me this week. But <laughs> McVeigh said it himself. You know, there's not going to be an RB1 in, in the Rams. Again, he's going to run the Sh- uh, Shanahan approach. Um, it's going to be all match-up dependent on the day. So as fantasy analysts and as fantasy managers right now, you can't trust any Rams running back from week to week. The best thing you can do is try and sell. I know we're going to go into this in a bit, trade, sell, whatever, but early early pick for you. Sell the Rams running backs if you can. Cam Akers, if he's got any value left. Henderson, if you can get value from the last couple of weeks. And Malcolm Brown, value from this week. If you can send them, even put him in with someone else to upgrade a position, do it. Because they're not, they're, you're not going to be able to trust them from week to week. Yeah, and like you said, but fantasy, we're we're fickle people. Like we, we see we see big stat <laughs> yes. lines. We love nothing more than point chasing exactly. and um trying to trying to put the person in that, that went off last week and 
That's why you'll see so many players go as the number one waiver pickup and then go straight back onto waivers next week because yeah. they were one week wonders. So it's just trying to listen. We've got to listen. Sean McVeigh, like you say, he said those exact words. It will be a, a mixed backfield. So um, yeah, don't expect too much from them moving forwards. But still, I want more from the rest of the team as well, especially in a matchup that they should have dominated. Although the defense did okay, they uh, we got eleven points with their five sacks, I think it was, and then the uh, forced fumble and the interception as well. Uh, James, uh, you get a bonus bonus pick. Who've you got? Yeah, I, I I really have to get this off my chest. It's Brandon Cooks because I don't think for a healthy wide receiver you can get a bigger bust than zero. <laughs> Three targets, no receptions. No points, no idea what on earth happened, albeit breaking-ish news, Bill O'Brien is no longer there as either GM or head coach. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're if you somehow listening to this and haven't checked your apps and forces, spoiler alert, but um, yeah, Brandon Cooks was just, you know, it wasn't that he was held catchless, it was that he wasn't even used. And this is someone who's 80% owned in leagues, and you know, you would you kind of expect to be the wide receiver two behind Will Fuller. Well, I mean, Will Fuller had a huge game for him. He didn't break down, which is big enough in itself. But then, you know, ca- actually catching touchdowns and getting bigger and so on. But Kenny Stills became relevant again. You know, someone who is actually, you know, 0.8% owned in most leagues. So, yeah, Brandon Cooks, I mean, the sound the alarm and then there's, is someone who is 80% owned actually droppable? Now, this Bill O'Brien being sacked gives him a a potential lifeline. But I want what do you two guys think regards that? Does a coaching change and GM change mean that Cooks has a chance to be, you know, better than the 10 catches for 138 yards he has this season? Uh, yeah, we've we've got to be optimistic and a new coach will bring change, but we've we've got to look at it is week four. They're not going to make any personnel changes with the with the players, so there's still going to be the same pieces there. So, how much can you change a system in week four of a season where you've not already had a, a preseason? It will be difficult, but sometimes the players will step up and now play for this head coach more. So it could be that they don't change the system, but the players just come in and want to play for the for the new guy in there so yeah we, we've got to be optimistic with it and we know that Brandon Cooks is a talented guy it, there's, there's no doubt in that he's got one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league thrown to him so it will click into place I think it's probably only a matter of time before Will Fuller uh, gets injured and we, we we lose him which uh, is a little bit of a spoiler alert for someone I want to talk about later but yeah Brandon Cooks will get the target share it will come and even if things aren't going to drastically change from a personnel or a schematic point of view, sometimes just having that that new person, the players will put that extra 10% effort in and that, that could be the difference for Brandon Cook. So I'm not rushing out to buy him. I'm not rushing out to pick him up if, he, if he's on waivers anywhere. But yeah, it could be worth just stashing in a, a few deeper leagues just, just in case kind of thing. I have one honourable mention for the busts, please. Okay. Zach Ertz. <laughs> WTF, my man. Um, my app tells me, I didn't watch the game last night, but my app tells me it was four receptions for nine yards 
on a team that's got zero wide receivers, except from Greg Ward, who, by the way, let me down on my bet. All he had to do was get over 55 yards and he got something ridiculous. Whatever. How did Zach Ertz get nine yards? On four well, it, receptions. Yeah, it was um, it was Crosby and Ertz in my home league, and I was I was watching the game, and he, he got minus four yards on the first play of the game, so that uh, that set you off badly. He was on minus four for ages until he got a random two point conversion off the first touchdown when it was six nil. Ah, that answers my question because I was about to say I'm looking at my my home league and it's a point five PPR league, and he's down for four point nine points. I'm thinking he's got four receptions, nine yards. That should be two point nine. But if you got a two-point conversion, that makes more sense. But yeah, what? Come on, man. It, you, I was expecting him to have 15 targets, 12 receptions, 400 yards last night. Uh, no, uh, Richard Rogers happened. And Travis Fulgham. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> so yeah, that's why he's in my bust column. Okay, so I am just going to play slight devil's advocate, James, with the Texans wide receivers. And you said that Brandon Cooks couldn't have done any worse than zero. However, (laughs) DeAndre Carter got minus two fantasy points for the Texans in that game. And he is one of two wide receivers in fantasy standard scoring leagues this season that does have negative fantasy points. The other one is another Texans wide receiver, and that is Kiki Kuti. Both have had fumbles, which they've lost. Uh, which is a nice little stat there, but that doesn't help Brandon Cook's owners one iota. So we will look over to our top waiver pickups for the week. Obviously, we've got the Hype Train article coming out tomorrow, so keep your eyes peeled for that. That will go into the, the waiver wire and streaming options into a lot more detail, but we're just going to talk through our top ones now. And James, do you want to kick us off without giving too many spoilers away for the, for the Hype Train? Um, well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you the choice. Pick the position. Uh, quarterback quarterback so we've mentioned him already my pick this week is Justin Herbert and for the reasons that we mentioned earlier I think he is the real deal and he is potentially a rest of season start you know 80% completion rate 137.9 passer rating in the last game and Austin Eckler now missing means I think they're going to have to rely on his arm a lot more and he's owned in 12% of leagues so Superflex, it'll be gone, obviously. But um, yeah, in other leagues. But if you want an alternative, say you'll have to keep an eye on the article. But I have this week. I actually have four, you know, sub twenty percent owned quarterbacks that are streamable this week, which is good compared to the two less than fifty percent owned defenses that I can potentially muster. It's it's a good week for streaming QB and a terrible week for streaming defense. Yeah, it's, I, I struggled to pick up a couple of uh, this week. It's um, it's not a great season to be honest. Uh, the Colts are the, the stand-up performers so far from a fantasy perspective, but yeah, it's not been the, the greatest of starts yeah. for the fantasy DSTs. Just on the defense, the one thing I did want to bring up was that the only team in the sort of, you know, less than 50% own category who have a particularly positive matchup, they're playing the Giants, but it's the Dallas Cowboys who for three out of four games this season have ended the day with negative points. (laughs) You know, giving up more than 30 in each of those games. And even the game against the Rams, they barely scraped past zero. I can't say pick up the Cowboys to play the Giants with 
their complete season total being about negative <laughs> twelve. Yeah, not good. Especially that the Rams. I thought they were going to do a lot better than eleven points, um, and it wasn't for that last minute interception to twice the game that um, that got them the eleven points in the end. So. Yeah, TST this year. Although I was considering going a little bit cute before and having Justin Houston as my <laughs> honourable mention because I've got him in an IDP league and he came through and, and got 11 points for me in that. But um, no, I, I, I decided against that one. <laughs> Rob, uh, your top waiver pickup for this week. Um, do you know what, David? I'll let you go first because I've got like, I've got six or seven that I'm going to talk about. So you go first. Okay, I am going to go for T. Higgins, who is currently owned in circa 25% of leagues. Uh, his target share in the four weeks of the season has gone 0, 6, 9, and 7. And although it doesn't appear on the face of it that there's not been that much movement in the last three weeks, his target share has gone from 0% to 9.8 to 20.4 to 19.4. So he's now stuck around that 20% mark for the last two weeks. And that is still considering that AJ Green is getting a lot of targets. We're not hot on AJ Green here. He's not doing a lot with those targets at all. And there is going to be some point at this season where that does start to decline and let T Higgins roll because his yardage has gone up every week from uh, 0, 35, 40, 77. He had the two touchdown grabs last week which he didn't get any this week but um he's only going to get more and more looks more and more work and as a rookie wide receiver uh, in this league being thrown to by a rookie quarterback it's been so difficult for them to adjust so he's, he's impressed me so far so go get him because i think him and burrow are going to cook once aj green finally disappears from the lineup right an aj green stat i do want an aj green stat so this season, he's been targeted 33 times and scored only 26 PPR points. So ba- based on the historical performances of, you know, over a thousand wide receivers since 2004, you know, usually you'd expect about 54 points. Yeah, he's on 26. He is averaging 0.78 PPR points per target, which I believe is the lowest historically since 2004. Even worse than Zay Jones in 2017 and Kelvin Benjamin the same year. And they were absolute fantasy stinkers. Yikes. Poor AJ Green. He's not deserved this, but here we are. It's 2020. Rob, who have you got? Uh, All right, let me take you on a little journey. Uh, First of all, yeah, T Higgins, fantastic pick there. Um, I do believe that T Higgins was... Indy's next pick in this draft, by the way. Uh, but Cincinnati got in there just in front. Um, yeah, great pick up. He's going to be great with, with Burrow. Uh, okay, let me take you on a journey. The Los Angeles Chargers have lost running back Austin Eckler, as my wonderful friend James has just said. Um, the two running backs behind Austin Eckler, uh, Joshua Kelly, currently only 44% of ESPN leagues. Justin Jackson, 8.8% owned in ESPN leagues. Now, Josh Kelly has been kind of hot and cold. He's had a couple of really good weeks, had a couple of really bad weeks. If he has a really bad start to a game, Justin Jackson is going to get a lot of work. So it's probably worth picking him up. It's probably worth picking both of them up if they're available, to be quite honest, because um, Austin Eckler sounds like he's going to be out for multiple five, six, seven weeks. Um, so that is uh, a, a good couple of a good tandem to to target if you're needy at running back. Um, play the music, please, Dave, for my uh, for Blake Jarwin 2.0. 
always Schultz, I guess. Dalton Schultz is owned in 32.6% uh, of ESPN leagues. That is too low. Uh, Dallas are going to throw the ball. They're, they're going to continue to throw the ball. Dak Prescott has thrown. Is it some, is it, am I right in saying it's 1,700 yards in three games or four games, whatever? He's three on games. track for 6,700 yards, which the previous yeah. record was like 5,500. <laughs> so, and the reason, the reason being is because, as my, my, my right honourable friend James has already mentioned once again, the Dallas defence is pony. So they're going to need to throw the ball every game. Dalton Schultz is going to get the end zone targets. He, he, he's done it. He's, he's Blake Jarwin 2.0. Everything you were expecting from Blake, Blake Jarwin, it's gone Dalton Schultz. Sorry, guys, but we've got the music set for you. Um, a couple of other quickly just mentions. Sorry, Rob, before um, you move on, mm. am I okay to now edit the I guess off the soundbite? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if, if you can cope with the editing, can you edit in the soundbite with in response to that, which is it's as though you wrote my article because you pretty much taken the words right out of my screen. <laughs> ah, great. He's doing what Blake Jowen would have done. The Dallas mm. defense is rubbish. Dalton <laughs> Schultz will eat. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. A uh, couple of honorable mentions. I'm sorry if I'm taking any of your guys here, but uh, I feel this is quite a strong week for waivers. Um, Visca is available in more than three quarters of your leagues. He had a great breakout week this week. He looked, uh, I think he had 86 receiving yards. Uh, looked the real deal. This is Visca time. I'm telling you, uh, he's a Swiss army knife. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He can catch the ball. He can do it all. Um, he's going to be a fantasy. Well, like I said, Swiss army knife There's no other word for him. So uh, do pick him up. Traquan Swift. He's also available. Mark Thomas is back though. So you might want to just hold off on that. Um, okay. I'm good. And James, who are you trading for this week? Oh, I complete. I, I've been struggling all week with this because everyone, everyone I've wanted to do is like trade away. Now, someone, someone was going to jump in then for a second and say, save me from waffling. I will, I will jump in and save you from waffling then. And I yeah. am trading for Latavius Murray because more and more weeks go by, the more and more he looks like the Mark Ingram role of of last year and uh, not last year, the year before, uh, where they both could coincide as top 10 fantasy running backs. And Murray had 14 rushing attempts, 64 yards, two touchdowns. And he also had um, two targets for one reception, 19 yards yesterday, which didn't hamper Alvin Kamara's production at all because he went off in fantasy as well. So yeah, Latte is, is filling in that role that the Mark Ingram did there in, in New Orleans two years ago. And I can't wait to see it. And I think they can both coexist. So I'm not bothered about Kamara production at all. So go out and get Latavius Murray because he is a sneaky, good fantasy. Uh, I don't want to say running back two. We'll go flex play. Fantasy flex play. Uh, I'm not quite promoting him to uh, running back two status yet. A uh, little trivia for you. Uh, Murray was drafted in the sixth round of the 2013 draft. But which team drafted him? I wanted to say the Raiders, but I f can't remember if that I was the second team. Yeah, I no, want to. Oh, sorry, yeah, it was the Raiders. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I 
that's completely slipped me. I did not know that at all. So, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say Vikings. I'll make you feel better. Uh, I assumed that he was the Vikings um, because it just seemed like he'd, he'd been there the whole time apart from the Saints. But no, it was the uh, the Raiders that drafted him, which I don't remember his time there at all. Rob, who have you got for trade for? Uh, two people I'm trading for this week. Uh, James Robinson, I give him a lot of love over the last couple of weeks. I still think you can buy him at a good price. Um and I still trust him. I think he's the he's a really good running back. <laughs> There's no other way to, to describe it. He's, he's going to get work. He's got work in the passing game. He had another good game on the ground. Um, uh, but the big guy that I am trying to buy this week uh, comes with a small caveat that he has to have the same quarterback now for the rest of the season. Um, but it is one Keenan Allen. I, I, I love the fact that he's getting fed like Rivers used to feed him 12, 13, 14 targets a game. Herbert's doing the same and, you know, okay, he didn't score a touchdown this week and 70-odd yards or 65, whatever it was, yards he got. Um, you know, you're going to have weeks like that, but you're also going to have weeks where he gets 12 receptions for 130 yards and two touchdowns. You're gonna that, That's going to come, uh, providing Mr. Herbert is the quarterback. Um, if it's Tyrod, then I'm staying away a little bit, but we've only got one week sample size with Tyrod, so... You know, you never know. But I, I, I've always liked Keenan Allen. I've always been quite high on him. I was definitely higher than most coming into the season with my uh, preseason rankings um, because he's a target hog. It doesn't matter who really the quarterback is. He's still going to be a target hog. But we've seen it. Justin Herbert locks into Keenan Allen as his first read. Yes, there's these other guys that are having these massive plays on the outside, but Keenan Allen's still his main guy and he's going to get fed. So I am trading, I'm trying to trade for for Keenan Allen why his value is still sort of rising but not at the top is that just in PPR leagues Rob because he's currently the wide receiver 22 in standard and 13 in PPR which is a massive jump yeah okay yeah we'll, we'll go for half and PPR okay. um is anyone really is anyone playing standard leagues I, I, yeah. I think I, I you do do I, I yeah. don't so it's it's uh, that's why it's not really an issue for me but um yeah okay we'll say that then we'll put that caveat on okay and with James Robinson, are you hoping for some Raquel Armstead news? Because he's like we mentioned last week, he's been on the COVID list forever. But I think if he gets announced as being back, that will help mm. your trade leverage massively. And we still believe in in James Robinson as the guy in Jacksonville, even if Raquel Armstead is is uh, returns back to the to the team. So I think that is the trade leverage that you need if you can really just go in there and say potentially. The 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 route you've got to go down is the fact that the James Robinson owner picked him up off waivers, so you know he's not cost the owner anything. So the owner, the current owner, the current manager of James Robinson could get absolute haul for him at the moment. What is a haul? Well, you have to test the waters, don't you? You know, you know, I've been throwing some offers out there for James Robinson in multiple leagues to see what what I get back, um, and they're still pending at the moment. So I'll let you know next week. Well, I paid for him. <laughs> uh, James, have you got any buys? I just want to skip straight over to your top sales. I can go for, I can give you three names that are intriguing options where the price may be, you know, slightly low. I don't know. But Zach Moss in preparation for incoming back from injury is an intriguer if you want a bit of running back depth. Marquise Brown, if you want to try and, you know, go for a bit of a home run while he's, you know, slightly low in price. And if you really want the, this guy is almost droppable, but try and sneak in before someone drops him, Michael Gallup. 
which I wasn't expecting to be talking about him as a you know, potential drop, but only one touchdown in the year so far and 13 receptions. And, you know, that ga- that last game with CeeDee Lamb going off and Amari Cooper being reasonably reliable, there's going to come a time soon when Gallup has to come into the equation. Uh, but after sort of the last game, you know, that last game, I think the owner could be panicking and there is every chance that you can get him on a slight bit of a discount. So Gallup's one that I may have a bit of a flutter for. And how about yourselves? So, Joe Mixon, I'm going to say it because we said it last week, he's got a very, very difficult run coming up and having a monster game, okay, it's against Jacksonville, but having a monster game, this is the time where his value shoots right back up into the stratosphere and you can get what you feel you deserve for him. So... And I think the stretch of games where he's going to struggle, I think it's too long to really feel comfortable with owning him again. Yes, yes, the offense seems to have clicked back into a gear, but it could very soon come crashing back down again. So I'm kind of, for the value you get, you're still going to get good production, but you're probably going to feel a bit more confident with it. It's not necessarily saying that, you know, you're guaranteeing Mixon as a bust. It's just that the what you're going to get back is going to probably be you know better points, and you're going to feel a bit happier about with what you're going to get potentially. Yeah, and how about yourself, Rob? Who are you selling right now? Um, I was definitely going to mention Nixon for sure because what uh, James just said all rings true. Um, but I have I messaged every single player in one of my leagues today um, with this exact message and I'll read it directly <laughs> off my phone. Give me two seconds. It reads Rojo and OBJ are on the block. What can you trade me for them? So Odell Beckham Jr. and Ronald Jones II are both um, trade away assets for me because OBJ has been very average this year and I think he will be continue to be very average going forward and he's just had a monster game his value is at its highest i truly believe his value is at its highest so you're going to cash in on it rojo the same can you really trust ronald jones for the rest of the season knowing that leonard fournette's going to come back knowing that bruce arians if there's a fumble he's out of the game knowing that if leonard fournette has a good set he's going to be in um knowing that they've brought Sean Vaughan in to do the passing work, knowing that Rojo was terrible in the passing game, by the way, this week, but still had a good fantasy production. I think he's a sell target, uh, sell um, candidate. So that's that's my my double whammy. If you own them two, I'll float it out there. I've got a couple of little nibbles, but I tell you what I'm chasing. I'm, I am chasing uh, a Josh Jacobs type player, a running back who is a solid running back, an upgrade to Rojo. Um, that's the kind of guy that I'm trying to get. Um, I've also got a weakness in, in tight end, so I'm trying to target Mark Andrews because he's had a couple of down weeks. Had a good week this week, a couple of touchdowns, but he's been up and down, so the owner might be, yeah, actually, you know what? So that's the kind of guy I'm, t- I'm targeting with OBJ and Rojo, but they are two guys that I am happy to sell. 
And finally, my guy is Will Fuller. We mentioned him earlier in the show. He had another big week. He he started off the season. He's he's been hit and miss again. He's he's been one of those players this season. Uh, six receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown yesterday. And he had one overturned at the very end of the game yesterday, which finished the game. So he, he could have had two touchdowns and a lot more yards. Texans are bad. I know we talked about Bill O'Brien going now and what, what's going on here, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like it's just an injury waiting to happen. We don't quite know how these coaching changes are going to affect things. I think your Will Fuller cell window is at its peak now. And I'd love to be wrong. I would love to see Will Fuller for 16 games produce him because I think he's such a great player. When healthy, he's one of the one of the best wide receivers in the league, but we cannot trust his health. So get out while you can is my advice to you there. So week four is all but in the box tonight. We have got the uh, New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs playing the rearranged game that was supposed to be yesterday. Uh, that is uh, just after midnight. And then afterwards, we've got the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons kicking off at 10-2, which, yeah, Devontae Adams is out, as we've already mentioned, although the Atlanta wide receivers that were questionable should be good to go. So that should be an interesting game there. And I think Rodgers is going to eat. He's going to love this one. It's going to be such a good game for Aaron Rodgers. So that concludes week four. Uh, and Rob, that concludes your time with us for a little while. Uh, this is the last podcast yeah. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, first of all, most importantly, um, wish me luck tonight because I, in that my my monster league that I said I'm going to go for oh uh, and four in, uh, I have got Calvin Ridley playing tonight, but I am going up against Aaron Jones, Kansas City defense, and Travis Kelsey, and I've only got a twenty-one point cushion. So it's going to be a tight one. I need Calvin Ridley to go off tonight. So that's the most important thing. Second most important thing. I'm having a baby on Friday, so I ain't going to be here for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've got um, a scheduled C-section for Friday. Um, I'm on paternity leave for two weeks. Um, I'm going to have a wife upstairs after an operation. I'm going to be down here with the baby potentially screaming she's apparently you know going to be all of my responsibility so i said i better not do podcasts for a couple of weeks because otherwise i'll be holding the baby and uh podcasting which we could do but it'll be a bit weird so yeah i've decided i'm just going to take a couple of weeks off however bright well silver lining um i'm going to try and be writing a bit more wonderful so from all of us here at the full 10 yards rob all the best for the next couple of weeks thank you thank you uh, thank you yeah, and then uh, James, you'll be following suit very shortly after. <laughs> you'll be having your uh, week in in season uh, percentage leave soon after. So uh, yeah, yeah I feel like few, it... I've got a few weeks left yet. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, and it'll be the eighth week where I will suddenly disappear. So you've got, I'll be around for a while yet. I'm going to be submitting my just request for two weeks off just just for no reason to Tim. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no no reason in particular. And we already turn our attentions to Thursday night football, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Chicago Bears. And I know we keep on saying this about Thursday night football. We had the uh, Browns and the Bengals, which turned out to be a great game. Jets and Dolphins, which wasn't too bad. Broncos and the Jets, which again was a high scoring shootout. But now. Can we stay up on Thursday night and watch the Chicago Bears after what they did yesterday? It was not good to see. Is Tom Brady going to have a field day here? Potentially. I mean, the Bears have a good defence and a terrible offence. 
Um, and the Bucks have a pretty reasonable, well, I say pretty reasonable offense. It started, it looked terrible for the first couple of minutes this week, and then it really clicked into gear. And the defense is probably good enough to stifle the Bears. So it, I can't see this being anything other than one-sided. But with two, three, and one teams, and the fact that we've been wrong so many times this season. Uh, yeah, this is gonna. It it could be quite a fun matchup, but it also might not be. And I don't think I want to gamble. No. What about you, Rob? Are you staying up for this one with uh, such a big Friday in store? No. <laughs> um, you're starting Tom Brady. You're starting um, Mike Evans. You're starting Alan Robinson. And if you want to start David Montgomery, you can. But Tampa Bay are pretty good against the run. Um, so I would say it's a flex play, but you can't really put him in the flex on a Thursday night. Um, yeah, uh, Cameron Brait. Now OJ Howard is gone. Um, he got a touchdown. Um, uh, it could end up being the Gronk game, potentially. But potentially... I wouldn't want to say this is the game to bet on. It's Scotty Miller's the one I want to put as the sneaky option. But... It's just too early. I don't like yeah. going for the sort of sneaky play on the Thursday night game. I'd rather leave it as a flex for the later games. I'll tell you one thing, um, and I did speak about him in the offseason, Darnell Moody. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, I wrote a bit of an article about him. Um, he was from one of my sort of rookie watch list articles. Uh, and he's getting targeted and he's getting fed and he is overtaking Anthony Miller as the second wide receiver in, in Chicago. And he's really talented. And so he could be an outside player as well. But really, it's, it's a tight game to call for fantasy. So that concludes another show. It has been a good one content pat and make sure you keep an eye out on the socials at f10y fantasy and also over to our website www.full10yards.com because we will have content going out constantly we had loads over the weekend and we'll have loads going out over the week so keep your eyes peeled for that uh, we're going to try and get a couple of guests in to um try and fill rob's shoes so uh we'll, we'll try exactly but um, you'll never find someone as bad as me <laughs> we'll try we'll certainly try and um, also if you could leave us some ratings on any format just go out give us a five star give us some feedback we would really appreciate it thank you very much for listening we will see you later in the week been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled <laughs>